Hey mama, are you terrified of labor? Are you wanting to get healthy for you and for your baby or your family? Maybe you're struggling to feel sexy postpartum. If that's you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Fit Mama podcast, where I'm spilling all of the pregnancy and postpartum secrets you need to know. I'm Sarah, your fitness bestie. I'm a certified prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist, certified Pilates instructor, and certified yoga teacher. I'm also a certified hot mess mama of a two-year-old boy, and I'm currently pregnant with identical twin girls. So reheat your coffee, settle in, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Fit Mama podcast. Today's episode is actually a request from one of you guys directly on Instagram who asked me to speak on exhaustion. And I really want to approach this subject from two directions, the mental exhaustion that we feel as mothers, because mental health is just as important as the physical side of things. And then of course, the physical exhaustion that we feel that often goes on long into the toddler years. They told us the newborn phase was the toughest. And then you learn that some kids are still waking up in the middle of the night as toddlers and It feels like we're never going to sleep again. So let's talk about it from both the mental health and the physical health side of things and what we can do to be healthy moms in the middle of an exhausting season of life. So first off, the mental exhaustion. Being a mother is mentally so tiring because as I told a friend of mine during her pregnancy, when you become a mother, it's like your life changes immediately while everyone else seems to be exactly the same. And that is a hard pill to swallow. And not only is it a hard pill to swallow in terms of transition, but it also rewires your brain entirely. Your priorities in life change. The things that you are juggling from a day-to-day basis are multiplied by like a thousand. Your to-do list has grown exponentially once you become a mother. And it would be ludicrous to think that this isn't mentally exhausting for us as moms because we not only are now responsible for keeping up with our own self-care, our own goals, dreams, needs, habits, et cetera, et cetera, but if you have a partner, you're also trying to balance that and be a good wife or girlfriend or whatever. And then you are keeping another human alive. So you're keeping up with feeding schedules and nap schedules and If they're older, you're keeping track of their schooling, their extracurriculars, are they being socialized, et cetera, et cetera. And then, I mean, shout out to the moms who are single moms or moms of kids with special needs, but those just multiply by like a million the things that you're keeping track of because you are doing it alone or you're doing it for a child whose needs are then way more intense than the average child. And so, All of these factors lead us to carrying a mental load that is entirely too heavy. And it truly is a shame that we live in a society that is so individualistic. Now, when I say society, I am referring, of course, to like this continent, the one that I live in. I grew up in the United States. I've lived in Mexico for seven years. I know that there are other societies in the world that are more 
focused on the collective goodwill, but on this side of the world, we are focused on ourselves, the individual, and this is harmful. When we're single, being individualistic in a way can be to our benefit if we're looking at the short term because we can kind of get ahead in life, right? Like you move ahead in your career, you can achieve goals, you're like living for you and only you, which is much easier than focusing on other people and their needs. However, you're long-term setting yourself up for failure. One, because a marriage is not going to thrive with two people who are individualistic or even just one person who is individualistic. You need to work as a team. But two, you are setting yourself up to have no community and no safety net when you do have your own children. If you spend all of your single years focused on you, 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 and you attract other friends who are focused on just them, and that's okay because you guys are all taking care of yourselves individually so you don't worry about supporting each other in a group when times get tough, then when times get tough and you're a mom and you're all by yourself, it's not going to feel very good and you're not going to have anyone to turn to. So living in an individualistic society has set us all up for failure because the mental load is too heavy for one person to carry on their own. But unfortunately, that's the world we're living in. So what do we do about it? How can we help relieve the mental load? The first step is going to be looking to your partner. Now, listen, I am part of mom groups on Facebook. I have heard over and over and over the complaints against partners. And some of them are just so, so, so valid. And so mama, if that is you listening to this and you're like, I have tried with my partner, he just does not help. He doesn't want to help. He doesn't want to learn. My heart goes out to you. What I will say is that even though it's unfair, even though we shouldn't have to do this, we are responsible for communicating our needs to our partners. We need to communicate our expectations to our partners. And for some partners, you're going to have to teach them how to carry their share of the mental load. Because while it is instinctual for women to carry this mental load and to think about how to care for our children, that's not always part of their instincts. And so whether you like it or not, If you want eventually a partner who will help you to carry this mental load, you're going to have to do some teaching. Again, I'm not saying that it's fair. I'm not saying that it's right. I know that a lot of us had to learn how to be moms without anybody telling us what the heck to do. And so we wish that our partners would just put on their big boy boxers and also learn how to be parents without somebody telling them what to do. I get that. However, If they're not going to learn it on their own and you want things to change, you need to be the conduit for change. Okay. You can either complain about it and you can go on your Facebook mommy groups and talk about how awful your partner is, or you can be the adult in the situation and actually try to teach them and be kind and compassionate while you do it. This is not about talking to your partner in a condescending way. It is about explaining your needs, explaining your expectations, and then going about showing them how they can help you better fulfill those needs and fulfill those expectations. It's going to take some work in the beginning, but if you can figure this part out, then your mental load is going to decrease 
sevenfold, okay? I'm, I know I'm throwing out a lot of like multiplied and sevenfold, but you get what I'm saying, okay? It will decrease. It's just going to take some work on the front end. And apart from just work, it's going to take a lot, a lot, a lot of patience on your part. And aside from patience, this is just a little side note. It's going to take you being grateful for the work that they do, even if it is not perfect or exactly in the way that you would have done it. Okay. Imagine if you were doing something for your partner. Okay. Let's say that your partner's really into golf. And so you take out all of his golf clubs and you clean them and you put them back in there. And you're hoping that this will help him to enjoy his next golf outing. And then he goes and he takes all of them out and he rearranges them and he redoes the cleaning because he noticed that there was a spot on one of them. Would you feel very inclined to do that for him again in the future? Probably not, right? Because all he did was make you feel like absolute crap about your well-intentioned efforts to help him. It is the exact same thing when you go back behind your partner who is a grown adult and treat them like a child and redo what they have already done. Unless it is a big, huge deal, you need to just let it go, okay? Like, let's say they didn't wash or they didn't load the dishwasher the way that you like. Are the dishes still going to get clean? Like, are they going to be relatively clean where maybe you just need to spot clean one or two dishes here and there after the cycle ends? If that is the case, then leave it alone. Like, don't go and touch that. It is not necessary. You are sweating the small stuff, which by the way, only adds to your mental load. Or let's say that he goes and he puts the toilet paper on the little holders. Okay. He's helping you clean the bathrooms and he flips it the wrong way. Okay. Don't go behind him and start like fixing, quote unquote, fixing everything he did. You can still pull, pull, pull toilet paper off of the roll. I'm like (laughs) spilling over my words here. It still works. If it still works, then don't sweat the small stuff. Don't demean your partner by nitpicking everything that they do. If you really want your mental load to be lighter, then you need to be graceful in the way that you accept help. I'm also speaking to myself here because I can be very perfectionist, okay? This is not me just like yelling at you, I promise. This is me preaching to you and myself that we need to let the little things go and just be grateful for the help that we receive. Now, if it's something that really, really matters to you, there will be a time and place for that. You can mention it, but we're not going to like start spewing out a hundred different corrections for our partners when they are making a well-intentioned effort to help with this mental load. Now, besides that, what are some other ways that we can help lessen the mental load? You can build your community of mom friends around you. So you guys can collectively work together to take care of your babies. Let's say that you are really good at meal planning. What if you did the meal planning for your mom group? Like what if you did the menu for the week and the ingredient list and you sent that out? And there's another mama who is really, really good at doing like activities for her kids. So she plans out the activities for the week and she sends you guys instructions and a material list. Those things are going to help reduce your mental load. Maybe there's another mom in your village who is really good at scouting out activities for the kids in your local community. She can be the one who is in charge of scouting out those opportunities and kind of sending a weekly update, maybe like, okay, on Monday, if you're interested, they've got this thing going on. 
on Friday, they've got this thing. Let's all meet at whatever time. Like she is your event coordinator. All of these things reduce your mental load because you are no longer in charge of doing all the meal planning, prepping, the shopping, the ingredient list, getting the activities together, getting the materials together, planning out your events and play dates. Like you're not doing that all. You're distributing the work in your community. And my last tip for reducing the mental load might be my favorite because this tip can be applied whether or not you have a village. I didn't have a village when I had my first. Okay. And I had a transition time with my partner where we both learned how to distribute responsibilities in the household. So there were some growing pains there. And there was a long period of time where I felt extremely exhausted and overwhelmed by the mental load. And this tip saved me. I want you to tap into your lizard brain. Now, the lizard brain is a psychological term, but this basically is referring to the part of our brain which is instinctual, not the rational, logical part of the brain. A lot of people will tell you to work against the lizard brain, like you don't want to do what's instinctual, you want to do what is logical to you. Okay, yes, in theory, that's what we want. However, we operate most of the time based on instinct. So how can we work with that part of our brain instead of constantly fighting against it? Because if you are fighting against your brain and your natural instincts all of the time, that's only going to make you more mentally exhausted. So what I want you to do is to change the types of things that you are encountering in your life that will trigger your instincts. To say it a different way, all of our actions are triggered by something. This is a key part of the habit building process. There is a trigger, that trigger causes a response from us. And if that response is rewarded, we are more likely to repeat it again in the future. That is habit building in a nutshell, a trigger, a response, and a reward. Most of the time we are paying attention to triggers that elicit a response from us that is not helpful. Okay, let's say you are overstimulated a lot as a mom. There are tons of triggers in your house that lead to overstimulation. Maybe your kids have tons of toys that are battery powered, powdered, powered, that do lots of songs and lights. And then your dog is barking and your bra is too tight and all of these things that all triggers you to lose your crap because you are overstimulated. You then scream or you snap at your partner or whatever. And unfortunately, have a reward in that, in that you feel like you have let off some steam, right? And so we have now created a negative habit cycle. The trigger are these overstimulating toys. It leads to a response of you losing your crap. And the reward is that losing your crap lets you let off some steam and the cycle then repeats. And you have this mental load of being a crappy mom and a crappy partner. So how do we change this? Well, in this case, we need to remove some triggers, right? There are things that are overstimulating in your house that you can just toss or you can donate. Like you don't need to have them around. But what can we do to elicit positive responses? Let's say that you are wanting to incorporate more fruits and veggies into your diet. Okay, a trigger for me is I want to be able to see it and I want it to be grabbable, eat like consumable in that moment. And so what I would do is prep my fruits and veggies 
have them in little containers or snack bags or whatever, and have them in a place where I'm going to see them immediately. So right now in my fridge, I have like 20 Tuppers filled with meals that have already been prepped. And so my trigger is when I open up the fridge, instead of reaching for whatever is convenient or fast, maybe not the healthiest thing around, I can reach for a pre-made healthy food. So the trigger is seeing my Tupper, the response is eating that food, and the reward is twofold. I get the reward from eating in and of itself because eating is rewarding for our system. But then also I have this reward of this internal satisfaction that I've eaten something healthy that I know is going to make me feel good. So that is my best tip for you. Work with your lizard brain. Don't work against it. That will really help lighten the mental load of things and ease up on that mental exhaustion. You need systems. You need to form these habits. And that all is going to come down to trigger, response, and reward. Now let's move into the physical exhaustion piece because my, oh my, this is so daunting when you become a mother. It's daunting because in a way you know that the newborn phase is going to be tiring, but you don't fully understand it until you're in it. And I always joke that, I don't know if this is the same for every mom, but with all of my kids, the first two weeks, it feels like, oh, this is easy. This is nothing. Like I'm still riding on these endorphins, this oxytocin high. And so the newborn phase doesn't fully settle in for me until like week three or four. And then I have this really big like cliff moment where I just come right off and realize, wow, I am exhausted. And then you kind of like bounce back, you accept your new reality, and then it continues. And your child is now months and months and months old and they're still not sleeping. And you've been waking up multiple times a night for what feels like forever. And the person who I was DMing with, she and I have talked so much over the last, I think we've known each other for over a year now. Um, But we have talked a lot about sleep because we both have little boys that do not like to sleep. They just don't need a lot of sleep, I believe. I could be wrong on this. You can send me a message later if I'm wrong. But um, I believe she said that her doctor actually told her that her child had low sleep needs, which just feels like the most relatable but also heavy thing to hear as a mom ever. Like to hear that your child just has low sleep needs is basically to hear, yeah, you're going to be waking up a lot or they're going to be skipping naps a lot or whatever. And that is tiring in and of itself, but then physically tiring because. If they have low sleep needs, you are not going to be getting a lot of sleep either. And on top of just the regular sleep aspect of things, let's say you have a great sleeper, motherhood can still be exhausting because you are running around behind your kids all day long. Or, you know, maybe you are working full time and then you come home to kids and a house and a partner and all of this stuff. And it feels like you are running like from the moment your eyes open in the morning until the second you collapse into bed at night, you're just constantly on your feet. If you get a second to sit down, it's just for a little snippet of time before inevitably someone will need something from you again. I read something this last week that said, you know, I go to work and someone needs me. 
I come home and someone needs me. I'm with my children and someone needs me. I take a shower and someone needs me. I try to go to the bathroom for 30 seconds by myself. And guess what? Someone needs me. It is never ending. And that feels so tiring. So what can we do as moms to help either lessen or lighten this physical exhaustion, or at least deal with it uh, without getting to this point where we feel like we're going to pull all of our hair out. So my first tip is if you have a community, if you don't have a community, hang tight. I've got stuff for you too. But if you have a community, if you have anyone at all that you can call, please just call them, ask them to come and just hold down the fort for like an hour or two. So you can get in some much needed rest. Even if you're not a napper, just lie down. Like take a minute to just close your eyes and relax. If you've got that community, do not be ashamed. Lean on it. Now, regardless of whether or not you have community, these next tips can be applied. First off, when you wake up in the morning, try to get some sunlight in your eyes ASAP. This not only is going to boost your mood, but it helps your circadian rhythm, which means it's going to be easier for you to get up and feel alert, but it's also going to help you to fall asleep and have quality sleep at nighttime. So I want you to focus on natural light. This means in the morning, look at that sunlight, go outside if you can with your kids. Now I've gotten into the habit of loading up my son and the girls in the stroller and on his little bike, and we will walk in the mornings so we get that natural sunlight. At nighttime, I want you to put your phone away, and I am so guilty of this myself. Okay, you guys know I'm talking to you in the DMs sometimes at like 10 p.m. as I'm feeding the girls or whatever. I'm guilty of this too, but our phone's lights are really not great for our circadian rhythm. We need to put away our phones and focus on things that are not going to be stimulating our eyes. I actually made a mental note this week of needing to go on Amazon and buy some actual physical paper books so that I can shift at nighttime from being on my phone and scrolling as I'm feeding to reading a book. (laughs) I'm awake enough now where I really don't need the phone to keep me awake. And so I need to go ahead and make that shift because I am starting to notice that after I feed, I'm still pretty awake and it's hard for me to go back asleep because I just spent the last, you know, half hour on my phone, getting in that blue light from the screen. So work with natural sunlight and the nighttime that darkness to regulate your circadian rhythm. You'll feel more alert and awake during the day and more rested at night. Next up is exercise. Listen, you knew this was coming, right? Like if you followed me for any time at all, you knew this was coming. The name of the podcast is the Fit Mama Podcast. So let's talk about being fit, right? Exercise helps you to feel more awake. Now, caveat to this, if you did not sleep like at all last night, your kids were awake, they were screaming, crying, whatever, colicky. It's not the day to go to the gym and like bang out a weightlifting session, but maybe a light walk can help you out. And if you did get decent sleep, but you're just feeling kind of run down today, going to the gym or doing like a quick circuit at your home can be just what you need to really like wake up the body and get those happy hormones going. And this is not just me, like Sarah, the personal trainer, trying to get you into the gym. 
This is actually science backed as well, right? Like when we are exercising, your body does produce hormones that are your natural reward system. Your body loves movement. And on top of that, if you're doing movement that's a little bit more rigorous, you can trick your body or trigger it from being in the rest and digest nervous system to the fight or flight nervous system, which a lot of the times we talk about wanting to get out of the fight or flight nervous system because we don't want to feel those stress hormones. But stress hormones actually do have a time and place, and this is one of them. It can help wake you up. You feel more alert. That is a positive way to use those stress hormones to your advantage instead of feeling stress over you know, not getting the sleep that you wanted or having this big mental load or like your list of to-do things, maybe we can just redirect those hormones into something positive being a workout. So get in a sweat that will help you to feel more awake. It will help combat the physical exhaustion. I know that sounds counterintuitive, like you're already physically tired. Why would you want to do a workout? It's because again, we want to work with our body's natural systems, not against them. If your body's natural system is to produce happy hormones when you exercise, if it is to move you into a fight or flight where you are alert and awake, then you need to work with that. Again, just a reminder, if you are so tired that you are kind of clumsy, that's not the time that you want to be doing exercises that can harm you, okay? We're not going to be doing like deadlifts or overhead presses when you're feeling clumsy, but you can get in some movement and that still counts. You're still going to get the benefits from it. Last tip is actually hydration. A lot of the times we feel physically exhausted and we're not drinking enough water. We're just chugging coffee, which coffee is hydrating, but not as much as water. Um, And coffee is also like a natural appetite suppressant. So maybe you're not even eating and that causes you to not get the calories in that you need to fuel your body. And so we're going to try and reduce our coffee consumption just a little bit and up our water intake, make sure that we are eating enough to fuel our body. And that will again, help with that physical exhaustion piece. Now I'm looking at the time I have been recording for a hot second here. So I feel like I probably need to cut this podcast off here just to not overwhelm you. Okay. You've already got enough on your plate, but if you have any questions, you already know, I want to hear from you guys. I'm so grateful for the person who sent me this request for today's episode topic. And if you've got any requests, please send them my way. You can connect with me on Instagram or on TikTok. My handle on both of those platforms is sarahkelly.co. That's Sarah with an H, Kelly with an E-Y dot C-O. And until the next podcast, enjoy your coffee, reheat it if you need to, and drink an extra cup for me. Bye mama.